Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome to the human conversation. Oh my goodness, I love making my podcast. And the reason why today is very special is this guy is on for the second time. How cool <laughs> is that? <laughs> so Stefano, you've joined me again. Now the first time we podcast together was some time ago. I need to look up the episode. I'll put a link into the comments yeah. on the I think podcast. I was maybe 12 or something. Yeah, like I think you were very early doors and we talked we had an amazing conversation about your journey through life really and the fact that you traveled beautifully. It all came onto food at some point. There was a whole food uh, theme going through it which was really fun. But I thought today because you're back because we really wanted to do this again because we have fabulous conversations. We thought today for the listeners that we'd kind of just bat about what we do because we both work in a similar space, but in a different way, I think. And but our thoughts and our feelings about what we do are very aligned, which is why we're such great mates. And um, so, Stefano, will you introduce yourself to the listeners who don't know who you are? Okay, yeah, I'm happy to. So um, I'm Stefano, and we did have a, a little bit of a chat before um, we started recording, and I did promise that I would I would pronounce my surname for you. So you. <laughs> it's uh, Stefano Capacchione. Um but uh, you can call me whatever you like. It no, it doesn't really uh, bother me at all. Um, but Capicure is the Sunday. And I run a company called Puck Creations. Now at Puck Creations, what we do is, the line is we create content to make people think, feel, and take action, which is very, um, which, which is completely true. But it all surrounds actually a deeper, more rounded, um, version of events. So we work with clients to define who they are. To we say define their brand, but some people think of a brand as you know colorful logos and websites, and which is branding. It comes off the back of a brand, but we actually look at a company and look at who they are with a clear, consistent, relevant message that stands out, and we help them to define that, and then we use that to write things like blogs, um, website, copy, newsletters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in the end, the, the goal is to make people, to make their audience think, feel, and take action. Oh, I love that. Think, feel, and take action. That's why we're aligned, Stefano. And exactly. by the way, exactly. thank you so much for saying your beautiful name that I could completely mess up and ruin <laughs> if I tried to say it. But it's amazing. And obviously, Italian origins, I believe, from Indeed. our previous conversation. Yeah. So look, let's, let's talk about... Um, you know, people talk about sales and marketing, don't they? Let's start here. And, and often you and I are, are, can be seen chatting and saying, yeah, but you know what? Where's the boundaries anymore? 
have they kind of merged together? Because I really feel like they're almost one now. Mm -hmm. Because of the world we live in currently, because now we have Google and the internet, we never did have that, you know, so we, we had a different type of journey, I think, that we took our clients on years ago. So uh, I just find the whole thing fascinating, the relationship between marketing and sales. So let's start with that. That, that, That's the starting point I'm going to give us. Okay, I like that start. I like it. Um, So I'm with you uh, on the idea. And I don't even know if it's necessarily a recent thing. It's maybe become more apparent that sales and marketing aren't that far apart. What often happens at least what I've seen happen quite a lot in the companies I've worked with previously is that you have a sales department and you have a marketing department who both have individual sets of targets, individual goals, different, um, which are completely different to each other. So a salesperson might have a target of, we need to get in literally X amount of money. um, And then they might have some other KPIs or key performance indicators, um, which the kinds of things that you and I, I think, shiver at um, quite a lot of the time, um, such as you have to make this amount of phone calls during a particular day or month or whatever it is. Whereas a marketing department will maybe have some different types of targets, like the amount of times people click through on a website or previously before websites even existed, the amount of viewers that were watching an advert on TV or listening on the radio, etc., And I think because you had different managers who maybe didn't have an overall goal in mind for the company, they were just wanting to look after their department. It meant that there were huge splits between the way that marketing and sales work. I say were, I think they still are quite Mm. a lot in quite a few companies, these Mm. splits. But in reality, if a company works well together and has defined who they are and has targets that actually suit both the sales and the marketing, there really isn't that much difference in terms of the goals of what marketing and sales is supposed to do. And in the end, it comes down to some very, very minor details that actually make the difference between sales and marketing. Um, That's only my opinion. I come from a sales background. I've worked in sales pretty much all my life. Um, and I've got some marketing work behind me too. So I've got a touch of both sides. So I kind of have seen how this works, but there may be some people who are, you know, very much in their marketing worlds or very much in their sales worlds who would say they're completely different, but to me, they're, they're quite aligned. I think you've hit the nail on the head though, when you talk about the kind of internal goals, the departmental Uh, goals and outcomes that they're looking for and here's the thing for me is that actually those goals have lost sight often of the customer and actually if we start to create those goals and targets and you know the brand side which we're going to talk about more obviously with the customer in mind but really with the customer in mind Maybe that's how we then get this alignment and bring all of those skills to the table because the end goal is actually about the customer, not about the company. And I think that's where I've seen in my sales career massive um, impact, problems, stress, where it's all been about numbers, all been about the number of calls, all been about the figures. Of course, we need money to run a business. Of course, we do. But they were never that smart when that was all they looked at and they never actually went one further and thought about like people equals revenue. 
you know, because that for me is the message. I, I don't know whether you, you feel the same when you look at the businesses out there and the ones you work with. I do. Um, if we were to look at actual differences, for me, I would maybe take it from the point of view of a customer, because that's what you were just talking about, rather than taking it from the point of view of a company. And when a customer is interacting with a business, often that first interaction will come from watching an advert on TV, listening to a radio, Googling something online, reading a blog, um, looking at someone's social media. So all of those first interactions have nothing to do with talking to salespeople, have nothing to do with actual one-to-one interactions. And so often then when people are looking up things, if they're looking for something in particular, then actually there might be a sales element to the copy on the website, for example, which kind of is a buy now. But often if they're just looking in general, doing a bit of research, what they want to know is, what exactly does the product or the service do for me? And also, do I connect to this company? Do I feel like this company and I belong together? I know that's, it's not quite as conscious as that, and it's probably not quite as passionate. Um, but, but often they're the kind of thoughts that are going through um, a customer's minds, or at least the feelings that are going through a customer. And then sometimes what happens, depending on the type of product or service that you're selling, is they will need to speak to an individual. And when they speak to that individual, if the work has been done with the, you could call this marketing side, that some of the relationship is already there, then it's up to the individual to do one of a few things. The first thing the individual needs to do is work out what exactly is it that the customer is looking for and when might they need it. But they also really, really have to strengthen that bond. So in a sense, that bond strengthening that we were talking about with the marketing side also comes into sales. And this is where you think, well, hang on a minute, aren't they doing the same thing? So technically, I think a salesperson is often marketing and a marketer is also often selling. Even throughout all of that, marketing goes way, way deeper than what I've just been talking about. So it's not just about the communications. It's about understanding where your product is placed. It's about understanding um, the price of the product for the customer, et cetera. There's so much that goes into the background, the research that you're doing. And often when we talk about the difference between marketing and sales, we're talking about the difference between communication styles. So they're all very much united, but the sale is literally when somebody is then about to press the buy button or say, yes, please, and sign a contract. The, the point I'm trying to make is that sales and marketing are very, very, very much aligned. But maybe you could say with sales that often it's the, what is the determining factor that's going to make someone do something now? But that doesn't mean that a salesperson's job is only to make that final sale. A salesperson's job is also to enhance relationships, which actually links up to part of the communications, which is a part of marketing. But all of the stuff I've just said is really, really complicated jargon and nonsense to most people, if I'm honest. And the reason I wanted to kind of say that bit, even though I knew it was kind of nonsense to most people, is because what's really, really important, and this is why we work with our clients so much on it, 
is actually how you communicate with people full stop. And that comes to a lot more than whether or not it's the sales process or a marketing process. What that means is who are you as a business? What is it that makes you tick? Why do, you, why do all of your staff go to work in the morning? What values drive you? What holds you up as a company and keeps you all aligned and keeps you together? What kind of personality do you have? Are you fun? Are you upbeat? And are you a friend? And they're saying, hey, look, I've got this really good idea. Maybe we could look at it together. Or are you kind of an authoritative, which there's nothing wrong with type of business who says, I know what I'm talking about. We know what we're talking about. And we know that because we have this many years of experience. So look, just do what we say because we know what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That that kind of business also works, by the way. There's lots of businesses that that work for. Big banks and things like that are great examples. Um, But these all these kinds of questions that define who you are. And once you have them, then the marketing and the sales actually it's all just a case of, well, what can you do to make sure that the people you want to react with you and want to interact with you are interacting with you? And then how do you actually make sure that they buy the product at the time that is right for them to buy the product? If you have that lined up, who cares what it's called? Yeah, I, I think that's such a great um, great piece of content that you have just delivered right there in this podcast because it is so true you know yes there's a lot of jargon around yes it can be very complicated but ultimately what I hear is this kind of like a consistency it feeling like that same message is always that same message in that same personality with that same feeling with that same uh, natural authenticity Um, And people get very hung up on all these words now and they've got very scared about words like authentic because it was overused. But it's a really wonderful word. You know, look it up, see what it means. Um, The key thing, I think, I've got another thing I want to ask you, actually, that bolts into this. But the key thing is consistency for me is that if I met you in real life, having followed you online, having watched you in a webinar, having read one of your blogs, I would go, Stefano! Yes, because I would recognize you. And I think that's really the key of it all is that recognizing it's the same and it feels the same and it feels genuine because that then builds trust, which means that we're aligned, which means that we'll buy from each other or I'll buy from you. That's the bit. And often I think people get quite hung up on that. I think they either try too hard, which means actually they become not authentic in any way. They make it complicated when actually simplifying it all is is one of the key things that you work with your clients on. And I know I do with mine, you know, so these are all this is all a really magic conversation for us to actually really get to the bottom of how we connect as human beings in life and business, actually, because Mm -hmm. I think they're very connected. Now, I've got another way I want to take this conversation because it feels like I can do that here. That is. I'm a one-man band, solopreneur business. This is a big bank. What's the difference? Where are the challenges? Because you work with big companies. I'm not sure how much you do with entrepreneurs, but I know you work with big companies. For me, I'm thinking, gosh, you've got to get everybody singing from the same page. Yeah. That's challenging. It is challenging. Um, 
And it's interesting you talk about consistency because it's so important and it's important in different ways. I'm not going to go into the way that it's important to be consistent as you, as an individual, because I think you just explained that exceptionally well. But it is also something that we do with our clients. We do work with both, by the way, both freelancers and and with bigger companies. But, um, But actually, one of the things we do with the, the, the bigger companies is we, we get leadership teams together. And the reason we get these teams together is because we don't think that it should be up to one person to decide what the brand is going to be for the whole company. It needs to be decided by the people who actually are looking after and running the company. So when we do tasks, when we do our workshops and we are trying to gather as much information as possible. Remember at the beginning, I said, we define your brand. We do not create a brand for you because what we do is we ask questions, but we ask questions to a group. And we also, in the most polite way possible, tell everyone to shut up. We don't want loud answers. We get people to write things down. And the reason we get them to write things down is so that we get a genuine input from all of the different areas of the business as to what they think the company is like and also what they want the company to be like going forward. And the reason we do that is because of consistency. Mm. To be able to have a consistent message that everybody has throughout the company, it doesn't work if only one person truly believes in it, if only the boss truly believes in it, it has to come actually bottom up. It has to come from all of the staff who are at the, I'm going to say less well-paid areas of the business all the way up to the people at the top. And it also has to be consistent in everything you do. Now, I use this example a lot and it's because it's easier for me to use if I'm honest, so I'm being a bit lazy, but, um, we talked about values a little bit earlier and often we ask people, well, every time we do a workshop, we ask people, what, what, what do you think your core values are? And I don't know how often, but quite a lot of the time, quite a high percentage of the time, one of the core values that comes back is transparency. Okay. Fair enough. Transparency. So if you don't mind, um, I know this will might take you a couple of seconds, but can you please just get me everybody in this room? Can I, I want their latest wage slip. Can you put it on the <laughs> desk in front of me? Um, and, and then suddenly you see faces drop and they're like, well, no, I, I don't need to show you the wage slip to be transparent. It's being transparent to customers. But if you're only transparent to customers, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, by the way. It's great to be transparent to customers, but it's not a value. A value needs to be something that is across all areas of the business. You need to be transparent towards your suppliers. You need to be transparent towards your co-workers. Um, so it may be a vocabulary thing, but transparency, therefore, is probably not actually one of your core values. And to work out what your core values are, you need to think about your day-to-day activities. When you're hiring someone to come into the company, what is it that you, how do you operate? How do you talk to them? Um, are you, if honesty say, because people talk about honesty, are you completely honest about the business when you were talking um, to them? Or are you at least honest enough to say, look, there are certain parts of the business that we can't tell you about. Maybe you could still classify that as honesty in that case. Yeah, but see, it is still honesty, isn't it, in a sense? So that's exactly. good. That's yeah. a good thing. So it kind, of, it kind of works. But this is the key, is that it cannot just be 
customer focused, even if, and because we talked about this earlier, having the customer at the top of your mind between sales and marketing is the most important thing, which it is. That doesn't mean that as soon as you stop talking to a customer or communicating with them, that you can just completely change your ways and be someone else. Because if you are, you'll get found out. It will get back to them and your reputation will be destroyed. So this is why I completely agree with you about the importance of consistency. I think there are three other key kind of pillars to a brand that really make the business work, but consistency is so important for them. Let's talk, let's talk about those two in a minute, because I'm, I, I love this whole, um, I love this conversation, which I knew I would. Um, this whole thing about the customer is so true in that if you then aren't true internally as individuals, you know, we know for a fact that humans connect based on value based on trust, all these lovely words, but it's just a fact. This is caveman brain territory, isn't it, Stefano? We've talked about this so many times. We have this fight, flight, freeze kind of stuff goes Mm. on. It's still there, even though we don't always need it like we used to when we were cavemen. We would die when we were (laughs) cavemen. But, you know, we don't die so much now. Um, But it's really interesting because we still have those instincts when we meet someone, when we listen to them, when we read their content, when we hear them on the phone. Those are still the things that are at work internally. And we know the minute somebody is not matching up to what they say they are to the customer, to who they say they are as an individual, such a good point that you've made that the work then that you're doing with your teams, and actually I do with with my work as well, is that you have to get those two matching because otherwise then you can't just freely show up and authentically sell. That The key to this sales stuff I talk about is that you've got all this internal stuff right and you are showing up as real you, that's when the connections are just magic, you know, and it almost effortless. Um, so just sticking a bit of sales in there. So come on, give me those other two pillars. Let's talk about those. Uh, what, sorry, there's, there's three, other, three other pillars. Um, okay, but yes, yeah, so, so uh, I'm not sure why I use the word pillars, by the way. I don't even oh, like it. Um, it doesn't but, um, matter. <laughs> but, but yeah, but it doesn't matter. But it's, it, 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 there's three other main areas that, that we kind of focus on. And so um, we'll, we'll have a look at clarity. Yeah. Relevance. Yeah. And standing out. Now, these are all equally important. So if you're not, I'm going to try and sum these up fairly quickly so we don't go on forever. But if you're not (laughs) clear, people just aren't going to understand you. It's as simple as that. You need to be clear about what you're doing, what's in it for um, your customers, what's in it for everyone else, um, why it matters to them and how it helps them, what the benefits, et cetera, are. Um, If you use too much jargon in your communications, if you um, talk about one thing and then suddenly switch to another thing and there's no consistency in the message, that also makes it less clear. Again, understanding your brand and understanding who you are will help you be clear because actually you'll know it off by heart if you properly understand who you are. Relevance. Now, it's beautiful to be clear. It's beautiful to be consistent with your message. But if your message doesn't really mean anything to your audience, to the people that you're trying to speak to, to the people that you're trying to sell to, um, but just between (laughs) between, uh, those people, if it doesn't mean anything to them, 
if they're not going to ever want to buy what it is you're selling, if they don't have any I, any relationship with your end goal as a business at all, if they don't connect with your values, then it's lovely that you're clear and consistent. But actually, if you're not relevant to them, you're never going to sell to them. But remember, you do not have to be relevant to everybody. Yes. Hallelujah. You only have to be relevant to the audience that you're trying to speak to and that isn't just your customers again the audience that you're trying to speak to also includes your suppliers your potential new employees your colleagues because if you're not relevant to them with your whole message they're not going to want to work for you they're not going to suppliers may still want to supply to you but you might not be their preferred um, customer of choice Um, people aren't going to want to collaborate with you so you, you need to make sure you're relevant to everyone And then the final pillar, and in some ways, this is the most important, is standing out. But if you define your brand and if you understand who you are, if you have as an more as an individual, um, but also as a company, as you always talk about your UHP, trademark by Jules White, um, (laughs) your unique... (laughs) Your unique human proposition. But basically, if you truly understand who you are and communicate in a clear, consistent, um, relevant manner that is only about you, that has your different brand personality, um, that talks to the audience that you know you understand and want to talk to, all of these things encompassed, you will stand out. because you're you so it's both the most important part of your brand and actually once you understand who you are and define your brand properly it's the least difficult yeah but it's the most difficult in most people's minds understandably so so true and the other thing I get a lot of because you know this is where we really are aligned and where we work I think in a very similar space actually which is just lovely I totally love speaking to people who get this stuff you know and um, what's even more interesting is how people come and say, well, how do I work out my UHP then? And it's almost like that that feels very difficult to them, you know, and it's everything you've talked about in this podcast in so many ways, you know, the whole values piece, your stories, because we haven't even touched on stories, but stories are like massive in terms of being your uniqueness. You know, nobody's yeah. got your stories. UHP is very, very special, but the same as, uh, you know, the whole clarity piece. Uh, Don't make it complicated. Don't try and search for something that feels difficult. You know, actually trust that you are unique. You know, remember Booper said there are 7 billion types of normal on the planet. You know, I I quote that one because I adore it. What a wonderful statement to make, just showing (laughs) how different we all are. And I think that's one of the real interesting bits of this is that people make it difficult to create this UHP, this standing out piece that we all have. It's there. And the minute we stand out, we become memorable. The minute we're memorable, people quote us. Oh, you need to go to see Jules Way. Oh, you need to speak to Stefano. And they remember us for those things because they're relevant and they're consistent and all of those lovely things we talked about. Isn't That's it exactly magic it. when it when it all comes together and we don't make it too complicated? It is. It's so magical. And what I love as well is, so once you have that defined, 
it's then, it's almost like playing a sport. It's about practice. So as an individual, it's about just continuing to do what you're doing and referencing back, but it makes life so much easier. When you're making the decision about who to hire, you suddenly go, oh, but does that fit my values, that person? I'm not sure if it does. Does does this person have some kind of similar final goal that they want to achieve with the company? They seem like actually they're in it for something else, which is a worthy goal, but it doesn't align to us. So I'm not going to hire this person. So rather than just thinking about pure competencies, you actually have someone who's aligned to your business when you're hiring them. If you're thinking about bringing out a new product or a new service, um, then you start to think, well, this product, it's a great product. I think it could sell really well, but it doesn't fit my brand. It doesn't fit who I am. It doesn't fit who we are as a company. So I think that either we should not sell it, or if we do decide to sell it, to be honest, we need to start up a new business and we need to have that as a side business and be doing it as a different brand with that set of values and that set of um, objectives, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, but it makes decision-making way easier, but not just for the owners. It also makes then decision-making and customer service easier for people lower down um, in the company. So if somebody rings up and says, um, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, what can you do for me? You instantly say, well, okay, because of the type of company we are, I know for a fact that we can give a refund. I know for a fact that we, so I don't have to constantly go up and ask my manager um, for support and help and everything which annoys customers by the way oh my Um, goodness so much yeah I had this literally just the other day I was buying a car and I was speaking to the salesperson and every time we tried to talk about anything or negotiate anything they had to go and speak to their boss to see if it was possible put it this way in the end they did not buy that car from me I went and bought it somewhere else what a great example of not empowering your people you know and really helping them to trust their abilities to sell. I think it's such a shame when these these boundaries are put in the way. Exactly. They've lost, they've lost a sale there because they, they weren't allowed to just be them and, and create that relationship, you know? Exactly that. And, and the thing is, it's not about them. You don't even have to necessarily fully go, well, I completely trust everything you do and trust everyone because you're trusting the right people because you made the original decision to hire that person in the first place based on all of you based on your brand you made your decision on how you're going to train them and what kind of um what the important areas of the business are based on your brand so everything's already there the foundations are there so when it comes to them selling of course everyone's going to make one or two mistakes but those mistakes will be genuine mistakes because they're aligned to the brand but didn't maybe realize one specific rule rather than mistakes which are completely against the business and will tarnish your reputation forever so it's another reason why things like this are so important I love what you do with your you know the way you talk about the work you do how you create a foundation of the brand you know you you let the client define the brand it's not your brand to create you then create the foundation of that brand and then everything else comes away from that foundation. Now you look at the work I do with my clients, what we tend to do is look at creating almost a foundation methodology of what they're teaching. So whatever lane they're in, whatever their expertise in is in, we create a foundational methodology. So mine is live it, love it, sell it. 
Now, everything I do then comes from live it, love it, sell it. I know what that journey is. It has three very clear sections and parts of the journey. Every product I sell comes away from that foundation methodology. Every mm-hmm. webinar I run comes away from that foundation methodology. It's really incredible to make it simple, mm-hmm. get clarity on it, and then build everything away from it. And you do the same, exactly the same as I do. Um, That's it. That's it's, exactly. it's, it's such great work that we do that, you know, often I sort of, I've said before, Stefano, oh, everybody knows this stuff. <laughs> the joy is actually that people don't know this stuff and that's the joy of the work I do and I'm sure it's the same for you in that you can almost enlighten people that you know it's actually as simple as this but yeah. you have to define it and get clear on it no that's it I I, I do have exactly that it, it's funny when I sometimes first start talking to customers and I, I talk to them about the idea of defining their brand and it, it, it almost always the first answer is oh we already have We've got a website, we've got, we've got blogs, we've got a logo. And then you start asking some more probing questions about how come this blog is talking about this in this style and this video is in this style, which is completely different. Although I should make a really clear point here. When we talk about consistency of your message, So the secondary part of our business, as I talked about at the beginning, is the actual writing side. And Mm -hmm. so when we work with our customers, what we do is we come, we we develop a brand guide for them, which they can then give to people like us, to copywriters, um, to photographers, to videographers, et cetera. And it has all of the stuff we've just talked about, the foundations, so that uh, a videographer can just open that up and say, oh, right, okay this is the kind of business they are. This is the kind of style they want. And we can work with that, with what they're doing at this moment in time. But there's a big difference between having a consistency at the foundation level, which then transforms into a consistent message and having consistency in terms of the actual thing that you're talking about. I think sometimes people worry that they can only talk about one thing, Mm -hmm. that they can't have different products or different services and talk about different campaigns and different ideas because otherwise, oh my God, I'm not consistent. Because the message is always put out there that you have to be consistent, but not really explained. And it's really, really important to realize that you can write about whatever you want. The only important thing is that it matches your brand. So it doesn't matter if the subject area is different as long as it matches your brand. But remember that one of the key parts of your brand is being relevant. So so there are slight restrictions of writing about whatever you want. But if you can make it relevant, if you can tie it in and it fits your style and it fits your who you are, then it's okay to write about what you want, to take photos of what you want, as long as you can still feel it is live it, love it, sell it. It is puck creations. As long as you can still feel that as a customer, then actually the consistency is still there. You haven't lost consistency because you're writing about two different things. No, I think that's such a good point. And so like, I find what I tend to do is I'll take an experience. Let's just talk about Hadrian's Wall. I've just just walked... (laughs) Hadrian's Wall across the country. If you're abroad, it's across the 
the width of the UK, 84 miles in six days. Okay, so it was no mean feat. It was phenomenal. I don't know how I did it, but however I did. But what what I want to make the point about is that I could easily now write about that in my content and I could write about it um, in a blog even. In fact, I made a vlog about it. What I can then do, and I know I can do this because I suppose I'm practiced, a bit like you talked about a sports team, I can bring that Hadrian's Wall story right back to live it, love it, sell it. Oh, my goodness. Just like that in a heartbeat, because I understand what my message is around live it, love it, sell it. I understand the journey and I can pick every bit of that journey across Hadrian's Wall and I could connect it to live it, love it or sell it. I guarantee I could with the story. And yes, it is an art in terms of you've got to practice it and you've got to let yourself go with it and be creative. But everybody who read that would know that it was me and it was based on that live it, love it, sell it, same journey because it's it's aligned with life skills, sales skills. Interesting, interesting points that we've talked about. So fascinating. So much more as well that we could talk about in these things. But I suppose to bring it all together, you know, when you look at what we've talked about, we kind of looked at marketing versus sales. Are they different? How do they connect? What you do in that kind of brand space and the writing side and how it connects. What I do with methodology and sales and even productization kicks into it. As you say, don't mean you can only sell one product. You can then create all sorts around that methodology as a foundation. What do we want to leave the audience with as a final bringing this together, Stefano? Because We've talked about a huge amount, I think, of magic content for them to go away and listen to when they're looking at their businesses. A lot of them will have a solopreneur type businesses. This is all really applicable to their businesses too. But if there's a team of people listening to this, which there may be, how do we sum this up for them as to what this means and what they should do next even? a very good question so my suggestion would be before you continue to work out processes and ways to push out what you are doing look in understand who you are we can help with that but you can do it yourself. Think about what drives you, your strategies, the kinds of products you sell that link to what to why you're in business, where you want to be in the future. Think about your audience. Think about your values. Think about your personality. Once you have properly defined that, it's all written down, it's clear. Then every person you work with in the future and collaborate with, you can give them a copy of who you are so they understand it. The next time you do a video, the next time you get a photo shoot done, the next time you hire Puck Creations to write something for you, <laughs> I love it. you can just give us that and say, hey, look, this is who we are. So when we're writing about the subjects that we're about to talk about, make sure that this is the style that you write in. But yeah, my advice to sum it all up 
would be firstly look within and then start publicizing. Mm, it's great advice. It's great advice. Often advice that people don't take. Often things are started at the other end of things, which makes it so complicated and confusing, not just for companies, but for the people trying to buy from them as well. Um, my addition would be make it easy for people to buy from you, because ultimately yeah. that's the outcome of doing the work that we both do with our clients, Stefano. And... Make sure you define your UHP. Yes. <laughs> Which is what you've said anyway. I, I loved, loved, loved talking about all of this with you again, Stefano. And I, I really hope the listeners have got some real gold out of this because there's a huge amount of value that we discussed. Now, a lot of it isn't about what you've got to do, but it's, it's thinking about how you need to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the real starting point, isn't it? Then you look for people who can help you, like you and I. Um, exactly. But this is not a sales plug at all. However, the links to connect with this fabulous man will be in the show notes. So you must, must, must connect with him because he's fabulous to follow, um, beautifully creative, full of absolute gold knowledge. Um, and I love our conversation, Stefano. I really, truly do. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. And it's so interesting how different our first and second conversations have been as well. Yes, and we will obviously put the link so you can listen to that first one. They can find out all about your journey before you even got to where you are today. So um, thank you so much for our second fabulous human conversation, Stefano. Uh, it's lovely to chat to you again. And listeners, thank you for listening to us. I hope it's been another inspired episode of the human conversation and please do subscribe and like on the platform you listen to we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on apple podcasts and our beautiful faces are on youtube because you can see us chatting as well <laughs> <laughs> until next time everybody i will see you soon and ta-ta for now you've just been listening to the human conversation podcast with jules white to find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.